Today's podcast is brought to you by McAllister's Deli in Carbondale, featuring some of the best sweet tea in the Midwest, soups, salads, spuds, and much more. That's McAllister's Deli in Carbondale. One of the all-time Saluki greats with us on week 16 of the Saluki Standards podcast, Cartasia Macklin of Saluki Women's Basketball. Great to be back with you. I'm your host, Connor Runyon. Yeah, Cartasia, 1,779 points in her Saluki career, most all-time. And she was also a really well-rounded player. I think that gets lost on some people sometimes is she was more than just a score. She was first in career history in free throws made. She's still second in assists, and she's seventh in steals. So really good defender on top of um, putting up all those points, too. And well-rounded after her Saluki basketball career, too. She added broadcaster to her resume this winter. A lot of fun doing some games with her on ESPN+. And uh, really fun rehashing some of the great memories from her career and some of the struggles from her childhood and her career, too, in this conversation. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I'm sure fans are a little bit curious. Uh, what do you think of uh, joining the telecast team this year and, and calling some of your former oh, team's games? Yes. Oh my goodness. It was, it was interesting to, to say the least. Uh, I, I knew that I loved the game and I liked watching it for sure. To talk about it was different. Uh, and knowing that you had to do a lot of research. So that part was very uh, interesting and studying it and, and things of that nature. But getting the opportunity to just, again, having you as my partner and bounce off of you and uh, just talk about the game was very fun. And to watch it on, side, on the sideline was good, too. So it was fun overall, and I loved the experience and wouldn't mind doing it again if I were asked to. So just we're, to throw uh, that out there. <laughs> we can put in a word with some people. But, uh, <laughs> Were there some moments where you wanted to kind of jump over the table and get back on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the hardest thing that I found was not to uh, have a lot of responses to how I would respond in the game. So, like, my energy and excitement was, was building up, and I wanted to be like, ooh, ah, oh, don't shoot that, and, and say extra things on top of, you know, again, you're broadcasting the game. So I had to woo, really restrain myself from speaking out on uh, a lot of those type of deal, deals. And um, and then it just gave you uh, that feeling of, like you just talked about, just reliving the game and uh, what you would have done in that situation uh, more so than anything. So it was good. Maybe next year, uh, if we're doing some games together, we'll get some oohs and ahs out of you. Okay, yeah. Like you were talking about. <laughs> uh, well, let's go, uh, let's go kind of back to the beginning of your journey. When you think back mm-hmm. to your childhood growing up in Florida, uh, what, I mean, what click were you running around with when, we, when you were a kid? Were you running around with the athletes? Were you running around mostly Ooh. with your family? <laughs> where where um, did you kind of fit in? Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, I was from a low-income family, so um, we spent a lot of times with different family members and a lot of time together. Um, it was a lot of it was quality in life more so than anything instead of materialistic uh, way of living. So I have a ton of men- memories running around with my cousins. All my cousins were athletes. We would always do outside games, football, freeze tag, uh, Red Rover. So. All the kid games, we were always outside. Kickball was being the huge, huge, huge influence on uh, my upbringing. But when I got into, like, middle school and high school, you know, you're cool and, you know, develop your, your sense of self and personality. And I was actually that 
like nerdy athlete as far as and I I talked to everybody. I I didn't discriminate at all. I was a jock and also hang out with uh kids that were just drawing or things of that nature. But um I started off when basketball really fell in love with the game was uh my uncle TJ would always constantly play and we we had dirt roads so we didn't have any pavement. Dirt roads we used to have a big rock on the back of the basketball ball uh gold just to hold it up. And so we will always go to different streets and play basketball. And um, there's different families on each street. So we will always compete. So the Rowe family would always, the Watson kids would go play like um, the gardeners and stuff like that. So it was always interesting. It was always a bunch of competition. Um, so we being competitive was early on. And basketball was the outlet when you didn't have much to do. You went and played play ball. Um, and it was also a way to get out. Um, a lot of my family members were being athletes to get a, a education and um, to make it out of that low income um, environment. And that's what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to uh, be impactful for myself and my community more so than anything. And um, I knew that being ball was playing ball was going to be that choice. I also played softball and volleyball though. <laughs> so it didn't just stop at basketball. I was, I loved, I loved doing different sports. It gave me the different, um, it made me versatile in, in what I was doing. And um, I could have went for softball, but basketball was where my heart was at. So I, I definitely chose that. Yeah, you were telling me about that, how a couple of uh, softball teams were after you, that you maybe could have done that yeah. in college. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was fast and I can catch a ball. That's what I knew I could do. <laughs> did you, did sure. you ever talk to Coach Blaylock when you were at SIU? Say, hey. Oh, man, yes. I love her. I loved her so much. Uh, had I would, I used to talk to Tyra all the time, like, hey, let me, let me play both. But she was so adamant of me just playing one, of course, so I can focus on, on, the, on that career. But, yes, I always went to the softball games. I followed their whole softball careers. I, yeah, I loved the game, and I kept in contact with her very often. I want to backtrack a little bit. You were talking about uh, kind of some neighborhood games growing up. You guys almost <laughs> had, from what it sounds like, is like uh, almost like an intramural league of families versus families going on. Oh, yes, for sure. Always. <laughs> Everybody wanted to brag them rights to walk around and talk about it at school. And again, I was in a small, small town, so like 1,200 people and uh, graduation class of 64. So everybody knew everybody's family, grandma, great grandma. So if you was talking about winning some games, everybody would talk about winning some games. And if you was talking about who was the best athlete, they was like, oh, well, yeah, Cartesia, she's, she's been good coming up there. And, and so, yeah, it was always something to talk about and be a part of. So. That was the best part of being a part of the community. Were you the best athlete in the family when you played those <laughs> games? Um, I can say that now just because, you know, of my <laughs> career. <laughs> but I, I definitely was competitive. My, my, one of my cousins, Sunshine Reed, she was phenomenal. Um, unfortunately, she, she didn't pursue her career, but she was one of my favorite cousins to compete against. She was naturally talented. And had she been able to build that skill and further her career, she would have been probably in the WNBA by now. Uh, but uh, she was one of the ones I mimicked. Um, and I wanted to know what she did and I can do, what I can do differently to improve my game. So I, I'm, I'm speaking to her, on her behalf that she was, she was really good. And had she pr pursued the career, man, she would have been phenomenal. But I got a lot of my uh, strength from her, for sure. You said you played on some dirt and gravel roads and <laughs> you always have uh, blacktop or hardwood to, to play on in a more traditional setting. I mean, how did that help something like your ball handling when you're finally oh. playing a nice Division One court? 
it was it was good because first of all you we didn't always have like a pumper to air up the ball so if they get flat from the heat outside it was flat so you had to bounce it really hard and then you had to hit off rocks and it would bounce left right and and so like you said it improved just ball control um you had on shoes that made it slippery so you were sliding you were trying not to travel you working on ball handling skills uh the goal wasn't always level so you really had to pay attention how you shot you had to change things up so it always was a challenge um you was always thinking internally as you played so uh, a lot of small things that helped improve my game further along once we would play you know during uh high school or middle school and things like that so it always transitioned really well i actually didn't know how to like respond too much to like just fundamental basketball because of the street ball so it was it was a learning curve for me (laughs) you you could freewheel a little bit yes yes for sure why does it not surprise me that you said you you talked to pretty much everybody at school when did (laughs) when did your passion for when did your passion for people develop Oh, man. Since I was a little girl, you know, I, I'll go back and I'll ask my sister and my grandparents and my mom, like, how was I as a kid? Still to this day, just a hyper talkative, intrigued, curious kid. And uh, I don't know, I just love people's stories. And I, I gain my growth from people's perspectives. And I've always been uh, fascinated by that. So why not? Why not talk to this person? They may see life totally different and give me a new vision for what I can do. So that's kind of how I led. And I'm just, I'm just was always, always about people being happy and comfortable about who they are. So, um, and that came natural to me. I didn't have to work on that. I didn't have to create anything. It just was like, oh, well, they look cool. Why do they win this? Or why are they doing that? So I just go ask questions and befriend everybody. So ended up being, um, that's how I knew I got the princess. Uh, of his, of the year of my school and queen and stuff like that because like so many people just knew who I was and um, it just worked in my favor and I was like oh okay I didn't know how meaningful it was until later they come and talk to me about it so it's good. you were homecoming queen yeah homecoming queen and I was princess too <laughs> wow again yeah, so pretty cool. <laughs> maybe maybe not surprising is uh, <laughs> as outgoing yeah. as you are yes I try to be so how did SIU discover you all the way down there in Florida? Oh, man. It was, it was interesting how it all came about. Um, I was, again, I was big from a small town, but if you didn't play AAU ball, then um, it kind of like didn't highlight your, your skill level and who you competing against. But we had played some big schools, and uh, we had three out of my four years on the varsity team. We had like three years that we went to state. So I was out there, and again, we had two incredible players on my team that I was playing with. We had four sets of sisters, and they were really good. And so they were getting um, looked at by different schools. So, hey, you get to see me, Cartesia Macklin, every now and again. Um, So they stayed in contact, and so I was improving on my skill, and my leadership role was in um, enhancing uh, Bet Shelby, who's um, the coach uh, right now at Virginia. West Virginia. She was originally from Florida and she kept her uh, connections and network in Florida. So she was the coach at SIU and um, I had been, I was nominated Parade All-American. So I was in the talks of um, a lot of the colleges and 
she was the one that hopped on me last minute. And um, I know a lot of the colleges wanted me to do a junior college to develop the skill because I didn't have the access to AAU, but except like two months. So once that went off and uh, she saw that nobody big was recruiting me um, in that sense, she just jumped on it. Great recruiter. When I say great recruiter, she was adamant and very uh persistent, called me all the time, called my family, showed up at my school, came to my games, uh, sent uh, flyers. So she was just, she blew SIU up for me. And <laughs> she gave me that candy and I, I ate it all. I ate it up. I did. So um, she was able to find me during that time. And it's so funny because my two months of AAU ball, I met Dirty with Diana Pierre. Uh, those two months and I became really good friends with her and later found out that she was committing to SIU and we got in contact and was like oh how how cool like you a post player I'm a guard like let's go let's go do this like let's change what SIU got going on so and at that time they only had one two games and it was a, a perfect opportunity to go in to um, change a whole program and be a part of uh, a legacy and bit rebuilding so that was our our, our main goal before you found out that Diana was coming to SIU, how much pause mm -hmm. did you have about going that far away from home? Um, you know, I was excited about it. I, I, I know that it would, it would, it hurt my family more so than anything, but Mayo and Florida, small town, that's all I knew. And I was just so curious back to being curious about everything. I wanted to know what was life like outside of the bubble that I had lived in. I didn't travel a lot. Um, AAU took me to different places, but outside of that, I didn't know uh, what life was in the North, but it was the North South. But anyway, uh, so I was just ready to um, do something different and change up my environment, change up my area and um, explore new things and grow into my own person. Once you finally get to SIU, you, you kind of take off running. You win the, the conference's freshman of the year right away. Yeah. Why, at least looking at the numbers and some of the things you did your first year, why did it appear so easy to make that adjustment? Oh, man. Well, it wasn't. I know it looked like it. Um, so you fooled I us. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you fooled, you fooled me looking back at it then. Yeah, yeah. So what was the coolest part was uh, the freshman class that I came in with was competitive, right? So we were ranked like 36th, uh, I think, in a nation with the recruiting class. So we had some really talented individuals. And collectively, we were like, hey, we, we come to play. Like, you know, they are here. They only won two games. We obviously know that um, there's uh, – improvements that this program needs so hey here's our opportunity so we were hungry but the upperclassmen were also you know tough they they pushed us and um, they had a different lifestyle than what we thought we were going into and um, we hit a lot of road bumps Diana ended up blowing out her knee and her ACL that year freshman year so she changed the dynamic of everything and I didn't I was you know I had like performance anxiety a little bit to be honest like you are like the star in high school and uh, everything revolves around you. And then you go into a bunch of the sky, a bunch of stars and you're trying to get a line. It was different. Um, and you wanted to step up, but you're not in the lead role. So it was like, what do you do? So I really focused on leading by example and uh, performing um, let my my version of basketball uh, shine and uh, let everybody else see that part. So my first two games, I didn't start and it killed me. I'm telling you, Connor, I go, oh my gosh. 
it turned my tummy. I was like, I don't know what it's like, like not playing and not like, do they not need me? Like, so <laughs> I had to figure it out. And I, I figured it out after those first two games sitting on the bench. And I was from there, I took off like, no, I didn't want to be in that position anymore. I wanted to be um, something that this team can rely on. And, and that's how it was. I had to present it that way. So how long did that performance anxiety last? Like I like I said, uh, the first two games it did uh, during some practices every now and again. But after I got comfortable, no, it was it was nothing. It was gone after that first year. Yeah, nothing was holding me back then. At that point, um, I think when when my teammates became confident in me was when they kind of like simmered down, and I, I'd appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of what I did depended on them. <laughs> little did they know <laughs> you were feeding sure. off them as much as they were yeah feeding. oh my gosh yes absolutely yeah. every time well you you have the the two great seasons to begin your career and then obviously things get put on pause you find out you're pregnant your junior year what was your initial reaction when you were given the news that you were going to be having a baby oh man I was devastated um I was devastated because um, at that point I had to put a highlight on the things that I wasn't doing uh, to prioritize what my purpose was as a, a student athlete. So, um, yeah, I knew it was going to hinder the team. I knew what my role was and that I couldn't fulfill that role um, until things passed over. And so it was really heartbreaking. It was a lot of emotional um, situations that I had to go through and I had to look to mentors and guidance and um, I had coach Gorski who was a huge influence for me and I admire her so much for what she has done in my life and coach Stein giving me the opportunity to stay but the the way that I say the coaching staff handled my situation and circumstance kind of it didn't kind of it was it transitioned into the way I presented myself. I still dedicated myself to the team. Um, they gave me options and they put these specific ways of how to accomplish what I still can accomplish as being a student athlete. And they put those things into play and I kind of grabbed onto that and I followed the, the tracks that they laid down. And um, I was able to, again, put my kid first and then myself, and then school, and then then basketball, and they kind of fell into place, and I was able to um, be successful in doing that. So it was a it was a team effort, and having the girls around me that still supported, and even if, even when I came back, I one of the biggest challenges was to know that my role had changed, right? So um, there were some levels that I wasn't performing where I was used to performing, and I had to sit back and be like, hey. Um, yeah, coach, it's okay that somebody else start in this this game because I'm not performing where I need to be. Now what can I do to get better? So I was having to step out of different roles, switch up what I knew I could do and develop new skills. So it was a very challenging time, uh, and I think it, it made me grow as a person and really appreciate basketball um, and um, being a student athlete in a different way. Did you know that Southern Illinois University – awards students $10 million annually in scholarships, has test-optional admission, and in-state tuition for all U.S. residents. SIU offers hands-on, career-focused learning in every major, which are supported by internships and community service and the potential for study abroad and more. 
Southern Illinois has faculty who bring real-world experience to the classroom and the classroom into the real world. See what SIU can do for you at the next open house. Registration and info at siu.edu slash open house. Exploring options. That's a Saluki. You know, we, we talk about athletes that have an injury that might end their season and how difficult it is for them to sit on the sideline and watch and not be able to practice and play and be with their teammates. This is obviously or was a little bit different. What were what were your feelings like when you had to sit there and watch? Connor, it broke my heart. Oh my goodness! Uh, I was so uh, yeah. Again, it was very sad. Um, at the same time, I was very proud. Um, they went on to like win a lot of get big games. Um, I've seen, um, I watched some of them grow their confidence um, because they're getting more playing time and getting that same um, dependency that I was, I was feeding off of. So it kind of, they, I've seen their growth that it was doing for them. Um, and so that helped me along the way. And then I kind of like, again, adjusted to the role I was on the bench. So I knew I wasn't playing it. It killed me. It broke my heart. But here I can be a motivator, motivator, a mentor on the bench and, you know, coaching them through things that I see. Hey, um, here's some stuff and keep them motivated um, as a teammate. So, again, it was it was adjusting to the role changes and um, setting aside my um, negative emotions towards the situation and really uh, stepping out into the positive outlook of what was going on in the situation and hoping to come back to be a part of something and not trying to just lead something. So it was different for sure. At any point, did you think your career was over? Oh, heck no. <laughs> oh, heck no, 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 no. I was way too determined for that. Like I was in my head. I, again, I, as a mom, you think like, Hey, you need to make sure that you have the financial support to take care of your kid. Um, I knew that we were, as a student athlete, you were getting some type of income for housing. So I had a house, I had school. Um, so no, not at any time that I want to stop playing basketball. It was, it was not in the roots for me. And I wanted to be an example for my kid. Like I didn't want him to grow up and then like, Hey, yeah, I just quit basketball just because I had you. Like you're the reason why I stopped playing. Like, no, that's not going to be it. I need you to know that no matter the circumstances, you can change your outcome. And that's kind of how I was, I was thinking. And again, I had a staff and teammates that supported that 110%. So it was good. Obviously, it changed the direction of how you were going to live the rest of your life, being, oh in charge, being in charge of another human. But how do you think it changed you, Cartesia, the person? Oh, man. Um, I appreciated life for sure. But... Um, it affected me on a level of maturity. Like, um, of course, I had a very, a mentality of, oh, basketball was going to be it. Like, I'm just coming to play basketball. School is like the second nature of everything. Um, and so it was a lot of me, 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 basketball, basketball, basketball. And then with having a child, it made you think about, your future and how you are going to take the correct steps to make a successful future. And that's what changed for me. I was thinking in the now uh, and my growth was um, the future and how to get to that future um, successfully. So that was the biggest, biggest, biggest change instead of doing a day-to-day -day thing and, you know, living here and living there and doing whatever. So that kind of um, 
that was something I had to implement and grow from for sure. When did it hit you that it was going to be a, a positive thing that, you know, <sighs> it, it, it's hard at first, but eventually this <laughs> is going to be a really, really positive thing. Um, when I was, when I was had the conversation with coach Stein and she told me that we were, she would redshirt me <laughs> to be honest, when I knew I had the opportunity to follow up with what I had at that moment. Um, and again, it was really hard. Once I had had things in place for the outcome, I was okay. So we were, I was having meeting weekly meetings with coach Gorski, um, doing the right classes, uh, and then also seeing the results from it, you know, my GPA was improving. I was becoming way more studious. I was prioritizing my time and uh, things were just working in a very, uh, in a, in a, on a good frequency, basically. And when I was able to see the results and then get back into the flow of basketball, that's when it really started to um, to really make a difference for me. Getting back in shape was the hardest thing I could have done. <laughs> <laughs> but um i jumped right back into it i took off like a month and then um a month in may jumped back in and in june and i didn't stop i i think that was the biggest thing if i had i stopped and let my mind sink into like the weak emotional level i think it would have been different but i did and i didn't allow myself to sit in my funk forever and got out of it and kept moving what kept you out of that funk um my purpose my purpose, my love for the game, my love for um, inspiring my kid, even though he's not born yet, uh, and my teammates. I love them, and I wanted to be there to support them, and um, my, my coaches, my community. So many things that motivated me to get to where I was at, and the things, same things I needed to continue to do what I needed to do. So, um, yeah, it was all the above. There's no way I could sit down and be okay with myself. It's not in my nature. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It might seem counterintuitive to think that, you know, adding another life responsibility could make mm -hmm. you a better player. But do you think after you had Carson, you actually became a better player? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> when it comes to the mentality, I would say that it made me a better player. I was able to just, like, calm my game down. I was my freshman and sophomore year. It got to me where I, I was, but I was just all over the place, running here and there, you know, a ton of turnovers, not taking care of the ball. And being, again, a, immature, a very immature way of playing um, into a, uh, a very consistent, um, more methods, more technical and fundamental type things, taking care of the ball and uh, get myself moving in the fundamentals of plays and things of that. So, yeah, it had, had I been able to like grab both of them at a young age, I would have been like even better. I feel like, you know, but um, yeah, that definitely made me care more about the fundamental part of the game and the, the mental aspect that you definitely need to learn in order to improve your game. So, so yeah, for sure. You've got some wisdom now, don't you? Yeah, oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. And, you know, as being a, a student athlete mom, you, time is of the essence. So, you know, and this practice is what I have to really get things done right now. So I need to get everything I can out of this practice because I know I got to go home and feed him and get him to bed and start this thing, study. And so 
I have this time. I got to make the most of it. It's kind of how you're thinking and not just like, oh, yeah, we can. We're going to have practice tomorrow or, you know, we're going to have practice later. It's none of that. No. So. Yeah. You're always on somebody else's time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. What's your favorite part about being a mom? Oh, man. Uh, my favorite part about being a mom would have to be that he is – the greatest contribution that I can give to this, this world. Like he, um, he's fun to be around. I love that he see no flaws in me <laughs> and, um, just being able to be a provider and pass on some of the wisdom that I learned through life and give him the resources and opportunities to grow into the person that he is going to become and not projecting what I want him to be. <laughs> um, and so just giving him the opportunity to growth and having that, again, resources and um, opportunities to be whatever he need to be to be successful. So I think that's the best part about being a parent. No flaws even in uh, your music choice when he's getting ready for the day? Oh, oh, well, I take that back on it, Arcee. So you only got I play some old, yeah. I'll play some old stuff, and he's like, "Why well, do you have to listen?" It's so funny because the story of I had some jazz music going on. Sometimes I just like to wake up and just have some jazz on and think. And he was not having it and talking so much smack about like, "Why we always gotta listen to music?" And and he was quiet, and all of a sudden he started thinking about a lot of stuff. So he was telling me what was on his mind, and I was sitting there thinking like, "That's why I listen to jazz." So I can think and that way it thinks and come up. And he was doing the exact same thing that I use it for. So it's so funny. Yeah, he 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 is adorable in, in regards to music. So and I'm I don't like always playing the same things over and over again. And he do. And I'm just like, why? Yeah. So <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. It's good times. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I, I don't think it's lost on anybody that, that you come back from, you know, missing out on your junior year, not being mm -hmm. able to play, and then you come back to become the all-time leading scorer in program history. Yes. Do you remember the day when you broke the record? Yes, and I remember the conversation I had with Coach John after, which was so funny. So <laughs> the day we played, that day we played Evansville, and again, I was like two points away from breaking the record. The hype was all out there. And again, I got really shy about it because like, for me, I was like, I can't believe I'm at this point in my career after everything that I've been through, after everything I, my teammates and coaches have been through. I was just like, is this real? So I, again, was going back to that performance anxiety, like, oh, my gosh, like, I can break a record that hasn't been broken in, like, 25 years. Like, oh, my gosh, do I really deserve it? So I started questioning myself, and like, oh, goodness. But anyway, yeah, I got the – tip back from I think it was Rashawn that gave me the pass and I, I did a layup and I was like oh gosh there it goes there it goes the start and then again I got real shy again it was just which sucked but I only ended up having like four four points in that game and coach down pulled, <laughs> pulled me off to the side after the game I was like what happened and I was just, just like you know I didn't play a game I was like I don't know I was just like I didn't know if I deserved all of this it's just crazy so I was just thinking way too much in that game I didn't just like let myself move and play I think like again just to know that I was in that position it was just like wow wow so many people that love and care about my career has stuck through me and um the times our team and our program was just like 
again, I was just so overwhelmed with the whole experience. It was it was beautiful, Connor. I can't even can't even lie to you. So just to be a part of that was it's great. But, Not even kidding, yeah. I went back and uh, read one of the stories about you after that game, setting the record. And one of your quotes was, "I think I'll appreciate this more when I'm older." <laughs> well, well, you've not not that you're not that you're old old. It hasn't I been mean, that long. But gosh, Connor, I'm be uh, 28 this year, almost 30, and just getting so close. To the, yeah, but four years now later is yeah, it's hitting me. I'm re, I'm living that quote for sure because I got the chance to meet her, um, Faber, and she was incredible. And uh, I walk around campus and come back to some of the games and get the recognition. It's just like, wow, you know, you are one of Saluki legends and you will forever be talked about. And this, and it's not just about me. I have other teammates that became legends with me. And in the fact, the biggest thing, Connor, is I have such a great relationship still with my coaches and with my teammates at the time. And I think that is way more valuable than anything that I ever can experience when it comes to the basketball aspect of everything. So, so heck yeah, man. I, I, I love it now. You know, you get to have the honor. I'm like, oh, I can keep it humble too at the same time. But I got the bragging rights too. So it's, it's awesome. <laughs> Do you ever tell Rashonda thank you for missing that shot? Man, I <laughs> I haven't, but I know for sure that it's something that we will talk about when I get a chance to talk to her. Uh, but I, I would have been excited for her, to be honest with you. She was a great player, man. She was competitive and challenged me. Had me. I grew from a lot of what she do, and her skill set was definitely different from mine, and it was it brought an asset to our team. So, yeah, I love her shot the game. And if she would have, I would have been pumped. And then on the side, we would have talked a little smack, but that was, that was okay. <laughs> as you should yeah yeah for sure as you should uh i promised i would get this one in and this is a level of celebrity a lot of us will never reach but uh you had such a great career that somebody actually named their dog after you <laughs> bryce williams former voice of saluki women's basketball now uh you know kind of a jack of all trades for for saluki athletics he's an assistant ad uh he named his dog macklin after you yes what what did what did you think about having a dog named after you oh man that's why i do was like oh man i'm in my little mini famous world like there's just how is this possible i was excited i thought it was the coolest thing to ever happen to me um and i was appreciative that he thought so highly of me that he was able to do that you know some to because again a dog is similar to a child in compatibility the compassion that you have and uh, sensitivity you have to the subject is it's just great and so yeah I was excited excited and I appreciate Bryce so much for doing that so yeah it was an honor for sure a statue and a retired jersey are one thing but <laughs> yeah a living a breathing dog. dog that's that's a whole nother category that's, of that's on another level right there yeah <laughs> another level another level oh well that's awesome well hey thanks so much for doing this and uh you know it's it's great to great to have you around and get to do some games with you and hopefully we'll we'll have some games to uh to be at here soon yes it was a pleasure thank you so much connor for everything